And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode 10 of season six of my public life as an American nerd. Well, 10, that's actually, uh, listen, it may not seem like a lot to some people, but I made it 10 episodes um, doing this show, and it's been a lot of fun. And um, I want to thank all you guys for listening and for uh, checking us out, for tuning in uh, every week. It means so much. Uh, it's been a blast, and it's a pleasure um, to hang out with you guys um, once a week and, and talk about movie stuff. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um Last week was a crazy week for um, for Warner Brothers stuff. Um, people were kind of left kind of scratching their heads, kind of wondering what's going on. But we got some clarity. We have some answers. We have um, it's actually pretty simple. Um, so when I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it mainly from a DC standpoint, because um, that seemed to be what was causing the most commotion over there at Warner Brothers. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but first... I want to see how you guys are doing. How's everyone doing? Everyone doing good? I hope everyone's doing great. Uh, let me know. Um, or you can reach out to me on uh, Twitter at Kevin underscore Hoskinson. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you like. Um, also write reviews for uh, pastraminationcom Definitely check them out. We also have a weekly past podcast um which is also on the same network so we do that every thursday um which is a lot of fun um so i hope you guys tune into those those are on youtube and you can download them as well as an audio only um version of the podcast um so yeah uh so so um yeah we'll, we'll talk about dc in a little bit um but first I just want to bring up some um, random kind of uh, movie uh, news, especially horror movie news. Uh, the last, actually today, there was quite a bit announced um, um, horror movie wise. Um, we got word today that um, Jason Blum, 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 I think it's Blumhouse, Jason Blum um, has, um, you know, he has said a paranormal activity eight was on the way um it will be coming out in 2024 um and so far uh what we know about it is we know the title which is going to be paranormal activity the other side um so he um an interesting thing about this interview i believe he did it with variety he was talking about um some of their movies he's talking about halloween and uh he gave us a little bit more information on the exorcist um reboot kind of in the vein of the halloween reboots that he's been doing um and he he essentially he kind of trashed the last paranormal activity the next of kin movie which was released exclusively on paramount plus um it was good i didn't think there was a oh, bad uh movie um but I'm I, the thing about the paranormal activities is that, you know, I really, really got pulled into the mythology behind it all, the history behind it and the story they were telling with uh, 
uh, Christy and with Katie and Christy, um, the two sisters, uh, the Featherstone sisters. Uh, that story was paranormal activity to me. And yeah, you have all the found footage stuff and you have all the scares and everything like that. But like each new entry added something new to their story. I was invested. Uh, you have Toby, who was the the malicious spirit, um, who's kind of causing all of this. And um, it just kind of created this, you know, throughout all the movies, there's this big web of, of um, weirdness going on, you know, flowing throughout. And that, you know, it wasn't just with, uh, with Katie and Micah when they moved into the house. It's been with Katie the whole time. Um, so I really love that aspect of those movies. Next of Kin kind of, it was, it almost felt like a weird reboot of the franchise. Um, you didn't have any of the familial connections. You didn't have Katie, you didn't have Christy, uh, you didn't have any of that. So it kind of took it in a new direction, which was fine. Um, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for when I want a paranormal activity movie. I know a lot of people say, Hey, we've had seven of these. Can we just move on, tell a different story? But like I said before, they each managed to tell their own story while also connecting to the bigger story. That's kind of what I was hoping with Next of Kin, that there would be some kind of connection. And there wasn't, um, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. It just wasn't um, what I was expecting with the Paranormal Activity franchise. Uh, this one, the other side, um, looks to take place, um, you know, you know, in this story. Um, basically, what we know so far is that it takes place in the 80s. Um let me see here. I had it up real quick. Um, do apologize. I thought everything was uh, one more thing. Um, yeah, it has a. It's about uh, people who move into an old house or you know an older house, and they start to experience things, and there's supposedly um, stuff that kind of happens that ties into Katie and Christy and it was possibly one of, you know, their old house that they were living in when they were a kid. Um, so that's kind of all we know. Um, but it's, um, it promises to be good. I'm excited for it. I have, I have faith in Jason Blum and I feel like he's going to bring us some, some good stuff. Um, but yeah, like I said, he even trashed next of kin, basically saying it was trash and that part eight will probably be the last one in the franchise, unless another big filmmaker comes along and puts their stamp on it. He brought up the name of someone like Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson came up and said, Hey, we have this great idea for this paranormal activity movie. Can we do it? He'd be like, sure. Uh, but right now as it stands, he believes it's run its course and um, it's uh, it's due for, you know, an, a proper ending and, you know, could be rebooted in the future. You know, Blumhouse, you know, who knows if Blumhouse is even going to have anything to do with it at that point. Um, but we'll see. So that's coming out 2024. No word on if it's going to be streaming theatrical, probably be theatrical. These films tend to do pretty well at the box office. Uh, they don't make massive amounts of money, but they tend to make quite a bit of money. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's uh, <clears throat> there's the massive possibility that it will be coming to theater. So keep an eye out for that. If you're a fan of the Paranormal Activity franchise, it's supposed to be coming around Halloween that year. So that's perfect. Um, I like to do a marathon of all the movies every Halloween. Um, say it was Friday the 13th. Um, and some other franchises. You know, check out Nightmare on Elm Street. Or Nightmare on Elm Street's a really good one too that I really, really like. 
Um, speaking of horror, another franchise that they're talking about um, or that was kind of announced that they're making sequels to is The Strangers. Um, so I don't know. The First Strangers was excellent. I love the First Strangers movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, Liv Tyler is just amazing in it. And it's basically, if you guys don't know, it's about three strangers who torture a couple um, after they attend uh, one of their friend's weddings. Um, and it's just these really, you know, it it really showed, like it was really creepy because these people were human, the people that were torturing them. And they were um, just these weird, uh, they were just hiding in the shadows and stuff like that, torturing them. And it was... Um, terrifying not like it wasn't jump scares per as as much it was just kind of like things lingering in the background and the kind of eerie atmosphere um they made a sequel which was pray at night uh which came out a little bit later which i believe is supposed to be a prequel um which focuses on the same three strangers that broke into their house and tortured them um this one takes place at like a hotel in the middle of nowhere. And it's kind of like, it's very glossy. It's very, um, they went for more like an eighties type slasher vibe. I didn't care for it as much as the first one. Uh, it was fine. It was good. I enjoyed it, but it didn't have that same effect that the first one had on me. Um, they had like this really loud eighties synth soundtrack and, um, it was fun. It was fine, but it wasn't great. Um, anyways, on a recent podcast interview on the um, on the Boo the Boo Crew podcast from Bloody Disgusting, um, Roy Lee, who's a producer on these things, um, announced that there uh, someone had asked him about the Strangers uh, sequels, and his answer to that was i think the next three are in production next month with another filmmaker that that people will know um so there you have it there's the exclusive um from the buku podcast um the exclusive word that they're filming three strangers movies back to back no word on if they're going to streaming um it would be kind of cool if they did go to streaming i mean i'd love to see them at theaters but like kind of go a fear street route uh Fear Street was a, a trilogy of, of films that was released on Netflix last year for all or around actually it was around summertime, but they're all really, really good little horror um, movies, but um, who knows? No one knows if they're going to be streaming or theatrical, but keep an eye out for that. No one knows when they're coming out. No word other than that, other than the pretty much, you know, exclamation that we are getting them. Um, what I find really intriguing is it will be from a director that we that people will know. Um, so it doesn't have to be someone big, right? It's not going to be Spielberg. <laughs> it's not going to be, um, you know, uh, James Gunn or anything like that, but uh, it's going to be, I think it might be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge name, just someone who's done some good horror movies or some good movies in general um, might be making them. So we'll see. We'll uh, keep you guys updated with that. Once that comes to fruition. Um, yeah. So I think we need to talk about some box office news, um, some pretty big box office news, actually. Um, so I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have seen Top Gun Maverick already. Um, it's breaking records. Uh, it's doing massive business. It's one of those movies that people, they just don't make anymore, right? It's that kind of, 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 
cinematic blockbuster that they do not make anymore. Um, I remember walking out of that theater being like, wow, like that, that is what movies, that's what movies need to be. This is what make, this is, I hate, this is cinema, right? This is what movies are. Um, so according to Variety, um, after earning $662 million in ticket sales, Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick sailed past Titanic as the seventh highest earning film at the domestic box office. Um, so it sailed past that. What it's going for now is... Um, the, remember, this is domestic, not worldwide or anything like that. But right now it's shooting for Avengers Endgame money. Um, which earned $678 million, making it the sixth highest earth earning domestic release ever. Uh, the top five domestic releases ever include Black Panther, Avatar, Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Endgame, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. It's actually targeting Infinity War. Um that's a huge feat. Um, now the number one, the number one domestic earner is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So I don't think this will hit that, but it will sail past Infinity War and Titanic. That's a good thing, I think. I mean, well, so first of all, I think a lot of these numbers are arbitrary, right? Like. It's like, yes, their numbers and certain money movie movies will bring in a certain amount of money, which is important for the studios to stay afloat. But the thing is, like with inflation and things like that, like of course, of course, a movie like Top Gun Maverick, with how much ticket prices are, of course it's going to make more money than uh Titanic, right? Avengers Avengers Infinity War, it's um it's somewhat comparable, right? Because it didn't come out that long ago, even though ticket prices have gone up quite a bit since it came out, but still pretty comparable. Um, and I like to see movies that are creative and Top Gun, it is an IP, it is a sequel, and it's based on something else. But it still feels original. It feels different. It doesn't feel like anything else that has come out this year. Like it feels like a blockbuster. I put it in the same league as something like, you know, Jurassic Park or uh, Independence Day. Even I'll even put it up there with Titanic. I mean, yeah, Titanic's up there too. Titanic was an event. All of these are kind of big event movies. And while Infinity War and Endgame and even Black Panther and all of these are these big event movies, especially culturally, cultural event movies. Um, all the movies kind of up there are that like Spider-Man No Way Home was a cultural event movie. Uh, it's um, I think it's OK to spoil some of that. It brought in, you know, these different generations of Spider-Man that we never thought we'd see. So it was a huge cultural event. Black Panther was a huge cultural event. Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, huge Again, cult, you know, cultural uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You know, whether or not you liked it, it, you can't deny that you know it was a big event. A lot of people were excited for it. It was the first Star Wars movie in what since the two early two thousands. Um, it was a huge event. 
And Top Gun Maverick is that. And the funny thing about Maverick, though, movies like Top Gun Maverick, Jurassic Park, Titanic, um, those kind of blockbusters, Independence Day, is that, yes, they may be based on IPs, but they're not based on something already established per se. Um, So obviously Titanic is a historical film. I don't, you know, think they even knew it was going to be as big as it was. Uh, Something like Independence Day. Here's a massive big alien movie that's based on original, it's an original story. Um, Jurassic Park, based on a book, but also, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, but it was also felt like a risk, right? Like it feels like a risk. Um, And uh, all these big blockbuster films that end up grossing a bunch of money um, that are not, you know, something like, you know, Black Panther, um, Infinity War, Endgame. They're all kind of, you know, they're all kind of been led up to, right? So Black Panther could have released on its own without the MCU name and still have been a big hit, but we'll never know, right? Uh, same, you know, obviously Infinity War and Endgame had to have that connection to the MCU. There's no way those could have been released individually. Um even something like Spider-Man No Way Home had to exist with the other movies. So those those films seem a little bit different to me as far as blockbusters go than something like Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's kind of its own, its own type of blockbuster. It's its own thing. And yes, Top Gun was a huge hit back in the 80s. But honestly, I don't know a lot of people who were itching to have a Top Gun sequel come out, even if you love the first Top Gun, I don't think that a sequel, you know, I'm sure it was exciting and it, it's always kind of been an exciting idea, but I don't think anyone really knew exactly what it was going to be and if they even wanted it. Um, but it came out and it blew everyone away, myself included. I was very surprised and shocked. I was one of those people who was like, eh, do we need a sequel to Top Gun? Like, do we really need a sequel to Top Gun? Um, but um, we got it and it was actually pretty good. So um, so this thing is just a, bo- uh, you know, a, a behemoth. It's breaking box office records. It's making a lot of money and people are still going, can, are still going to go see it. Um, repeat business has got to be huge. I know people who have seen it more than a few times. I've only seen it once, but I've been dying to go see it again on the big screen. This is what the big screen is made for movies like this. And that's why we need more movies like this. People will go see movies more at theaters if they're made for theaters. Um, there's some, <clears throat> some movies I see at theaters and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch it again at home. Um, but there are some movies like Top Gun that you have to, I feel like if you're going to watch it at all, you have to watch it on the biggest screen possible. So um, anyways, if you haven't seen Top Gun yet, go check it out. Um it's great news that it's breaking all these records. I'm glad to see a, a, you know, again, I hate to use the term, but it feels, it feels like it, like an original IP um, that isn't part of this huge franchise breaking records. And that's awesome. I still can't believe it's Tom Cruise's first $100 million opening. Seems a bit insane, but Hey, um, whatever it is, what it is. Um, so that's happening and it's um it's exciting <clears throat> so yeah we're really excited for top gun maverick and we're, i don't know if they're gonna make a sequel to that but we'll see um 
yeah, we'll see what happens. So let's talk about uh, just a couple other, actually one more little tidbit that I wanted to bring up um, before we move forward. So I love the TV show community. Um, it ran for, well, it ran for six seasons um, on NBC and then Yahoo, which is weird. Yes, Yahoo had its own streaming thing for a while, which was free. It was really weird, really bizarre. We could do that on another episode, talk about all that. Um, but the plan from the beginning, um, according to, to creator Dan Harmon, was six seasons and a movie. Um, since the show was officially canceled, you know, about, I'd say about what? It's got to be at least seven or eight years ago. Uh, there's been rumblings about a movie off and on. Um, well, now... It things seem to be picking up steam. I remember about a year ago, Dan Harmon himself has come out, had come out and said, Yeah, I'm working on the script. We're working on getting this thing rolling. Um, lately, uh, Allison Bree uh was doing an interview and she had brought up that, yeah, there are serious conversations happening with the cast and the studio and and all this stuff. So it could be moving forward. Um what um where it's going to if it's going to go to theaters or streaming, that's another story. But still, it's exciting news for fans of Community. Um, Community had a wonderful cast: Joe McHale, Allison Brie, um, you know, uh, well Chevy Chase for the first few seasons, um, Danny Pudi, um, Donald Glover, um, shoot, like a a, a bunch of fantastic. Um, actors and actresses and even a lot of guest stars, a lot of great guest stars, um, uh, you know, LeVar Burton and just all these great people were in it. And it's just a really, really fun show. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for the movie. I hope the movie is going to be good. I hope it comes out. I hope they make it. I hope everyone strikes deals and I hope it comes out. I think Donald Glover might be the hardest one to pin down. He's a busy, busy man. Uh, he's doing some fantastic things, but I think I think he'd come back to uh, to uh, do a community movie. I think I think he'd be on board with it. So we'll see what happens, um, and hopefully, we'll keep you guys updated. Once we hear more, trust me, I want to talk about it. I want to um, divulge all of the information about the movie once we get more details about it. So there is that. All right, guys. So this is kind of the the big uh, topic. So, so I want to do a couple things real quick. So earlier this week, it was revealed that the Batgirl movie that was being made for um, DC theatrical uh, or not the, it wasn't going to theaters, uh, HBO max um, was abruptly canceled and basically thrown away. The film was pretty much already finished. Um, they had just done some test screenings and they had, um, you know, started putting things together. Test screenings are always a good, um, you know, gauging audiences temperature with a specific product. They do it all. Every single movie has test screenings. Um, they did test screenings. They were putting finishing touches on it. They were making it. Uh, directors Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, uh, who also directed Bad Boys for Life and who also did some work on Miss Marvel. They directed the first few episodes and I believe they were uh, producers throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, and star Leslie Grace, uh, J.K. Simmons, Michael Keaton. Um, 
they all found out this week that the movie was just just thrown away just put by the wayside um this left fans kind of wondering what was happening you know there was the rumors about the the bad test screenings um the horror or i mean the horrible test screening scores the um you know it was just going over budget or whatever it was no one really got a real answer until last week when warner brothers had their investment meeting um so Basically, what is happening there now is they are going to, they have developed a 10-year plan akin to what the MCU has done. Um, Ellen Horn, who used to work at Warner Brothers, he helped shepherd the Harry Potter franchise. He helped shepherd the Dark Knight franchise. He hopped over to Disney um, and him, along with Kevin Feige and Bob Iger, helped the MCU become what it was. Um, he's since retired, Ellen Horn, uh, but Warner Brothers has been able to lure him back. And now he is in charge of the DC properties over there at Warner Brothers. Um, and part of their 10-year plan is to kind of restructure and rethink their strategy. So Obviously, we all know, I mean, you know, so there's the MCU and the DCEU, two separate entities. It's hard not to compare them, though, right? Like, it's, you know, growing up, it was always DC and Marvel. That's just the way it was. Like, you, you, sure, so many of us, myself included, were into both DC and Marvel. But it was always kind of one of those fun things, right? Like, you'd always, you'd find your Marvel people or your DC people. Or you'd, you know, you'd clash with the opposite one, right? So growing up, I was, you know, like I said, I was a little bit of both. But if I'm being completely honest, I was always a DC guy. DC was always, Batman was always one of my absolute favorite characters. Superman, Green Lantern, um, Lobo. I used to love Lobo so much. Lobo used to be one of my absolute favorites. Um, you know, they, you know, so I was, I was always a DC kid. Um, Marvel was there. I knew who they were, right? I knew Iron Man. I knew Spider-Man. I knew Captain America. I knew all these characters, the whole, you know, everyone knows them. You know, I kind of grew up with a little bit of both, like I said, um, but I was always drawn to DC, now, let's say we're talking about today, right? Who am I drawn to? I am, um, so theatrically, movie-wise, live-action movie and live-action TV shows-wise, I am Marvel all the way, 100%. MCU has my money every single time. When it comes to actual comic books, graphic novels, or animated, uh, specifically animated movies, DC 100%. DC um, is more appealing to me on the written page, and their animated films are, are pretty good. They're, they're almost, you know, they're, they're top-notch. Um, and I think some people have, have said that I'm just like a Marvel shill i talk about marvel a lot on this show um especially the mcu because i feel like they're doing a lot of exciting things over there but the truth is i want to be talking with the same um reverence and the same excitement about dc like i want to be 
like really excited for what they have coming up next. I want to be like, you know, uh, like I said, the same way I talk about the MCU, I want to, I want to look forward to what DC has coming up next, but the last few years, it's been a little bit lackluster if I'm being honest. Um, you know, this is going to cause a lot of, uh, a lot of drama out there, I'm sure. Um, but my, my two favorite DCEU movies, number one is Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. Uh, it is pretty much is a Harley Quinn movie. It's fantastic. And um, the Suicide Squad directed by James Gunn. Um, those are two of my favorite, followed by Shazam. And then it just goes down the list, right? Um, and I guess, I guess, so here's, here's the thing, right? So, so uh, DC is, is, they basically kind of did what they did with, uh, Warner Brothers did what they did with, uh, was what Disney did with Marvel. They're basically giving DC their own studio so they can actually be in charge of their own um, products. Um, they have dedicated people specifically for that division. So DC productions is just going to be all DC movies. So I'm I'm kind of on the fence about I think it's a great thing. I think it's fantastic that they're finally getting their stuff together and they're going to be streamlining it and they're going to be making it more cohesive for the fans and for the people to actually know what's going on and and to be able to enjoy these stories a little bit better. A cohesive vision much like uh, Marvel does. Um and you know, when it came to all the rumors and everything about Batgirl, um, basically what he said was it just didn't fit with the company's vision of what they foresee going, uh, for, you know, forward in the future, um, which is good, right? But my thing is, like, this is a lot of hard work that a lot of people did. So I've never made a movie. I don't know how many of you guys have made movies, uh, even short movies, whatever. If you guys try to write anything, I, I like to write stuff and I've tried to write screenplays. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. I can't even imagine just writing the screenplay for this movie. And then obviously moving into production, directing it, acting in it, doing all these stunts, uh, doing some of the CGI stuff, um, really going for it, really, um, you know, creating this whole world. Uh, Michael Keaton, bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman. Um, and then suddenly someone's just like, just throws it away. Like it didn't even exist. Um, RB and Falah, the directors, they could have directed anything. I'm pretty sure after bad boys for life, but they chose this because they had, this was a passion project for them. And then for some, you know, for Warner brothers just to come up and say, Hey, you know what? It's trash. Doesn't fit with our vision. Throw it away. Uh, it's kind of messed up. I think. At least you can at least release it on HBO Max, which they were going to do in the first place. Release on HBO Max, even do a low-key um, release. And even if the, the test audience scores were bad, right, let's just say that's the case, it came in at about a 60, uh, over a 60, a high 60, which is, isn't bad at all. Movies like It and the new Shazam got mid to low 60s, right? Um Black Adam had the exact same score as Batgirl does in the test screenings. Um, so it's not a matter of whether or not it's bad or good. Um, it just has, I do apologize. My dogs are going crazy in the background. Um, but for me, it's just a morality thing. I think I just feel 
so bad for those guys. And I really wish they'd able to see um, their vision come to life. Um, there's also an animated Scooby-Doo sequel that was totally scrapped. Um, so the One of the directors, I believe, he uh, tweeted a, uh, on Instagram, he put a... Um, um, he put a, a a post saying basically they had already paid for the the movie was canceled but they already paid for the um the musicians and the um the scoring facility um so they went ahead and scored the movie anyways even though it was canceled um which just seemed really sad to me like i was like what? no that's just that just doesn't seem right um so i'm 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 happy um that dc is getting their stuff together finally um, but not so happy about these cancellations. Um, they've also, you know, Warner Brothers also talked about the merging of Discovery Plus and HBO Max, uh, which should be happening some point next year, was summer of next year, I think they said. Um, I think that'd be a good streaming service, except for the fact that HBO Max has laid off like 70% of its uh, create, creative crew. Um, they're going to be focusing more on uh, the HBO as a, um, you know, their paid service on TV, then going to HBO Max as opposed to HBO Max Originals. And, I, you know, listen, no one knows for sure, but the theory is that they're going to use a lot of the Discovery Plus reality type stuff to fill up um, what this new service is going to be. Um, and we'll get the, we'll still have the same, you know, good library of movies. Um, we'll have some HBO originals on there, um, but not nothing different than what you'll see on the paid service on television. Um, from also from what we've heard is um, some of their shows are still safe, right? So uh, Harley Quinn animated show has been marked safe. Um, James Gunn has left us put out a statement basically saying, "Hey guys, relax. Peacemaker isn't going anywhere. Peacemaker's up for season two. Um, you know, and they also premiered, uh, things like pretty little liars, which is a reboot slash sequel series to the, uh, CW show, the same name. It's an HBO max exclusive. No one really knows exactly what's going to happen with it so far. It's safe. People seem to like it. My wife likes it a lot and it seemed like a lot of fun. Um, so only time will tell exactly what's going to happen, but, um, and justice for Batgirl hashtag justice for Batgirl. I was actually really not going to lie. I was really looking forward to it. I loved, I, I love bad boys for life. As far as a sequel to a movie that, you know, came out almost 20 years ago, it's just, it's Will Smith, Martin Lawrence for just in top form. And those directors, those guys, they, they took the torch from Michael Bay and kind of did their own thing while also, feeling like a Michael Bay movie. It was just, it was outstanding, incredible work. Um, so I was excited to see what they were going to, and I, I, I love, oh, I've talked about it a million times before on this podcast, but Miss Marvel, one of my, my favorite thing Disney plus has done the MCU stuff. Um, and Batgirl was, um, was next on the list and I was really, really excited for it. Now we're not going to get it. Listen, they don't know us anything. You know, we're the fans. We're just, you know, we're here. Um, one thing I, do think that is super super important is handle it with with uh, grace and handle it with you know it sucks i'm mad about it but you know just i you know the whole snyder uh snyderverse thing was just a um the snyder cut 
was was just chaos. Let's not go down that road, road guys. Um, it got toxic. It got crazy. Even though the Snyder Cut is freaking incredible, and there are some people in the fandom that are great, but other than that, it got insane. But um, anyways, let's keep it civil. Let's have fun. Let's write letters. Let's sign petitions. And I mean, that's essentially what happened with the Snyder Cut. Um, so hopefully, we might see that might it might see the light of day. Oh, and. How can I forget Batgirl had Brendan Fraser? Um, Firefly, he's playing the villain Firefly. Man, that guy, oh, I've, we've missed Brendan Fraser. We want him to come back. He was supposed to see him come back in this and it got taken away from us. The um, Fraser songs has been, uh, he's coming back in The Whale, the Darinovsky movie, which is coming out next year which looks great. I'll watch anything Darren Aronofsky. I'll watch anything Brendan Fraser. So bring it on. I'm excited for that. But this would have just been another cool thing that we were going to have, but it's not happening anymore. Um, they also canceled the Wonder Twins movie, which, you know, I would have watched. Wasn't too excited for. Um, but they have not touched Blue Beetle yet. Please do not touch Blue Beetle. Please, Warner Bros. do not. I think it, it's, it has the capability to be a lot of fun. Um, they're still releasing Black Adam as um, planned. And they are still releasing, as far as we know, they're still releasing The Flash. Um, well, Ezra Miller is out here acting like a real life super villain. So we'll see what happens. Um with all of those, we know Black Adam is going to have the Flash as a whole other thing. I've talked about it a million times. I don't want to rehash a lot of that stuff, so we won't do it on this episode. Um, yeah, so that's um, that's pretty much all we got today. Uh, you know, it's been a crazy week. Um, oh, I did. Uh, yeah, I did read something. Uh, I did want to bring up something that happened today. Um, I am a so I'm I'm a musical fan. I like musicals. I'm a um, theater geek. I love all that stuff. Um, today came word that the wonderful, uh, fantastic, amazing Olivia Newton-John has passed away. Um, that one kind of hurt. Uh, Grease was one of my first musicals that I remember seeing. Um, it was one of the first musicals that I remember singing along to. It's one of the first musicals that I knew every single word to. It's one of the first musicals that just um, resonated with me. Uh, you know, I was a kid when I first saw it and I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and that's where I know her from. I know she's done a ton of other things. Uh, she was a fantastic uh, art, you know, musical artist for a while. She had a great singing voice. Um, Xanadu. <laughs> I remember watching that. I don't know why when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, um, I just want to say uh, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John, and our thoughts and, uh, and are, are with your family and, and your friends at this time. Um, I hate to end this on a bummer. <laughs> But um, but yeah, she um passed away today, uh, which is the eighth of August. So, um, yeah. So, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. We will always um 
remember you. Um, so anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for um, tuning in. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well out there. I do apologize if today's show is a little bit, if today's show seems a little bit off. Um, I've been a little bit off the last uh, week or so. And listen, I like to be as open and as honest as possible with you guys. I love doing this and I love talking about this stuff. I think it's it's kind of part of my therapy and this really helps me feel better. So um, next week, we'll be back. Um, hopefully have a guest on and we'll be talking about some really, really fun stuff. I'm really excited um, to continue this journey hosting this podcast. And I hope you guys are uh, happy and as excited as I am to um, to do this. So thank you guys so much. Have a good week. And I hope to see you guys again next week. And as always, stay nerdy, America. Bye.